Hey, After Buzzers, before we move on to your next topic, we just want to say thanks to our sponsor, Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. Plus, there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Also, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. Plus, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started. I'm Maria Menunos, and you're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz begin. What's going on, Survivor fans? We, the four panelists on your screen, are very <laughs> excited to be here. I know that this is a very, very different format for all of you that are watching, um, unfortunately, due to the coronavirus, um, COVID-19 some of you know it as, um, is forcing us to stay home for a shelter in place as the mayor of Los Angeles just announced today. Uh, so we are being responsible adults. We are staying home for everybody's safety, but we didn't want to miss out on content for you all because we love you guys. You love us. And we are super survivor fans. So we are very, very excited to bring the show to you using zoom, this really awesome application on our smartphones and computers. So we're very, very excited to be here. Everybody. I am joined by an amazing panelist to discuss survivor season 40 episode six, quick on the draw. We're very excited to talk about it. It was a fire episode. I've got Veronica Valencia right below me. What's going on, Veronica? Hey, how are you? You're frozen. Uh, we've got Myling, who is driving right now. Yeah, I like how you said we're all uh, staying home. Uh, yep, I'm on my way home. <laughs> but, well, uh, yo, I've missed like the last two episodes, so I was like, I'm not missing this episode, all right? However I got to get on, I'm talking Survivor today. <laughs> Mike, you could give us like a, a play-by-play as you are driving down the street, but you're in your car, I'm, so you are still being I'm, responsible. Look, Timmy, there are cops around here. I mean, I'm afraid like this is going to turn into uh, uh, Escape from L.A. Like there's going to be roving bands of pirates or something. <laughs> I get my toilet paper. Yeah, go get your toilet paper. We're also joined by our special guest, as always, Steve Ganey, who is part of the dream team of Nicaragua and Cambodia. First Survivor, what's going on, Steve? Hey, guys. Excited to be back again. Oh, my God. This episode was amazing. Every week is just another huge one. Ah. I mean, we are all very excited to talk about it. We said this. We knew that this was going to happen. That episode after episode of this season was going to be amazing and unpredictable. And this episode did not disappoint in the least. So before we get to it, you guys, we also have our MVP segment at the end of the show. where We're going to discuss our most valuable player of the episode. Plus, we're going to keep you updated on our fantasy draft because somebody is down two players just like me and Veronica are. So therefore, we're going to talk about that. Sorry, Mike. Is it Steve? No, it's you. <laughs> it's you. <laughs> Before I we get started, you guys, let me know your overall thoughts. Let's start with Veronica. Veronica, what were your overall thoughts in the episode? Oh my gosh. This episode was fire. Literally, both tribals were so good. I was shocked that Wendell didn't go home when he basically laid out all of his cards, making it seem like he was going to flip on his alliance. Surprise that went nowhere love my girl Denise see like no one should ever sleep on Denise because she is proving exactly why she won her season she is such a smart player and Sandra our queen I love her but man was that a great move 
Mike, what, as you are driving, please be safe as all of our viewers in chat are expressing right now. What were your overall thoughts on the episode? Oh yeah, this episode, what, you know, this episode, and of course I haven't commented on the last couple, but I just wanted to say that in general, my overall sentiments is finally, like they got Rob out as this should have been so much sooner. Last night, Sandra's gone. Exactly what they should have done. I'm super impressed with Denise. Just really, really great stuff. This is what we've been talking about, that this season was going to be back to what we wanted out of Survivor, and it's super delivered. Mm -hmm. Steve, I'm going to shoot it over to you. What were your overall thoughts on the episode? This is the changing of the guard. The old school players are dropping like flies. Survivor heavyweights Rob, Parvati, Sandra, one, two, three, gone. I mean, it's just like, this is a whole new game. And for the two queens of Survivor, I'm sorry, Sandra, yeah, she's the queen, but we all know that Parvati is also a queen. Both of them to go out in the same episode. Oh my gosh. This, Jeff Probst said this episode was going to be historic and it lived up to that. Yes, no, definitely. I'm going to dive into it. Before we do dive into the episode, you guys, we are brain since we are all at home, except for Mike, who is driving. Uh, a special episode because we've all got our dogs with us. Very excited. My dog is right here on my lap. Veronica, do you want to show your puppy? I do. Here's our puppies. Oh, yay. And then, Mike, we know you have a dog as well. So when you get home, you can show us your puppies. Bam Bam. Yes, Bam Bam will be back on the show for sure in about five minutes. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Uh, So, yeah, we've all got our dogs with us. If you guys are are quarantined at home as well, you know, give a shout out to your pup or your pet, wherever wherever you have (laughs) as well. Even if it's a fish, we want to hear about it. Uh, So let's dive into the episode, you guys. So we're going to go right um, to the Yara tribe right after Rob was eliminated. Um, Everybody's pretty much happy. Ben was expressing, you know, how he thought Rob had a lack of respect for him. But Adam, um, making uh, humor out of the situation, goes, you know, the Wicked Witch is dead. But now... Now he's worried because everyone else on his tribe has a stronger connection except for with him. I thought that that was a pretty fair observation. How did you guys feel about this? I thought that was complete, like you were saying, Tim, I think that's a completely fair assumption. Last week, this is exactly what happened and why I thought last week, the three of them, Ben, Adam, and Rob should have stuck together because now obviously Ben or Adam, and in this case, we see it's Adam, is going to feel at the bottom. However, it's, it's, it's tricky because although I thought that's how they should have voted, at looking back on it at the time, Adam made the right decision because if he voted against them and Ben did flip, Adam would be the clear one at the bottom. At least for right now, there's a chance for him to like sneak back in. Agreed. Mom, Mike, want, I'm going to shoot it over to you. I want Adam to stop playing so paranoid. I think his paranoia is going to be his downfall because he second guesses a lot. He's nervous. I mean, we saw him already almost completely screw up his game by trying to play all sides. Look, where it's at right now is awesome. Rob is gone. That's what you want. Don't immediately feed into the paranoia. Instead of that, he should be trying to make those alliances with the girls and make the team strong just in general uh, instead of getting himself freaked out over nothing. That's a good point. Steve, I'm going to shoot it over to you. Yeah, I, I, I thought that um, Adam made the right move last week. I think it was a strategic retreat. I could tell that he was sort of just going along with the plan, but sometimes you are you just got to realize that you're in the backseat. And uh, yeah, he is 
definitely um, playing this game very paranoid. But, you know, he kind of did that in the last game. Um, you know, I've always said he's a neurotic player. He, he overthinks things, like, <laughs> to a 10. Um, but, you know, that could also be his strength. It's just one of those things where as the game goes on, I think Adam gets stronger. So for him to just uh, say, yeah, I got to survive this week, see what happens in the challenge, and then maybe when there's a, a merge or whatever. So, yeah, you know, I think he played his cards right. He was dealt a week. I mean, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, Rob had to go home. I mean, he's too strong of a player. I mean, just like we saw with Sandra, at, at the end of the day, these strong players, and they're all strong players, but we talk about these significantly strong players, and that was addressed in one of the tribals tonight, that these strong players do have to go at some point because they're, they're going to win if you allow them to stay inside of the game. So I'm glad Ben and Adam, you know, pulled up their bootstraps and was, were able to make this happen and, you know, were able to you know, come to a consensus with their tribe and be like, you know what? No, he has to go now. If I, Otherwise, they might not get another opportunity to do it. I just want to sure. give a quick shout out to our chat. Obviously, thank you everyone who is joining us. We, we're remote, <laughs> but we still see you. Uh, thank you to Marissa, to Thomas McGee, to Victorious200567, to Slosspop12, to Amaya, Michael B, Rihanna B, uh, Ryan D, uh miss brown sugar uh yeah there's so many of you in the chat but i did want to give out a shout out specifically to uh rihanna b michael b sloss pop and amaya who are all kind of sharing the same thoughts of like adam is paranoid his strategy stresses us out they're thinking he's gonna go home next yeah thank you guys everybody in the chat for watching we know that you guys are bored you know we're here for you. So this is why we do the show. We lost Mike for probably just a quick second. He probably just parked, probably walking inside of his house right now, but we're going to continue on. So let's talk about Edge of Extinction since we didn't have that in the last episode. So on this uh, episode of Edge of Extinction, if you will, uh, Tyson brings back a log and everybody's automatically traumatized as <laughs> with logs at this point. I don't blame them. Um, there's a note on it and pretty much they're saying that, you know, the more stones, stones you turn, the more success you have. So obviously they're going to have to go and look over stones and rocks and stuff like that. They all immediately head for the rocks. And Rob, Rob and Amber quickly working together. Not a surprise there. Was anybody surprised there? Oh, no. 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 Yeah, no. I figured. Um, and so Tyson was actually the smarter one out of the group. He picks up that it has to do something with the tides and he pretty much finds the idol very quickly. It's gotta be quick about it because Rob, always neurotic Rob, always on the lookout for somebody, um, is watching him. So he snatches it up and puts it in his man panties as he so claims <laughs> they are. And when we find out that it is, is an idol nullifier, which blocks an idol and obviously has to sell it. And he winds up selling it to poverty. Did you guys yeah. think that he would yeah. sell it to poverty? Who did you think that he would? Hey Mike, welcome back. I'm back. Who did you think he would he would sell it to? Do you think bam, that was bam, the right choice? Yeah. Bam, there's Bam Bam. <laughs> did you guys think uh, that that was the right choice in giving it to poverty? Uh, it's go kind ahead. of tough to say. I'll I'll be honest. I feel like at this point, who when someone finds an advantage on edge and they give it to someone who's still in the game. I know it's meant to be strategic, but I don't know if it's because there's not enough time to explain their strategy behind it. I feel as though it's very arbitrary at this point of the fact, like whoever gets it, because we we don't get to see them explain, oh, this is why I'm giving it to Jeremy. This is why I'm giving it to Parvati. This is why I'm giving it to Rob, you know? 
Yep. That's why we talked about a couple episodes ago. I think it would be better if it came with a little name attached or something. So the person getting it knows who gave it to them because that opens up all these different kinds of strategic elements later. If I was any of the people on uh, Extinction, whoever ends up getting off, let's just say only one person gets to leave Edge of Extinction. Anybody who has an advantage, I would tell them, oh, yeah, that was me. Because no one can say it's not. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think um, part of it is that you just got to make sure that they uh, take the deal. Because I, I don't think you get another chance if you try to sell it and then the person doesn't buy it. So right. uh, maybe yeah, Tyson was working with information that, that she had a, a lot of tokens. So he's like, okay, she's got a lot. She can spend it on this. Um, it didn't turn out to be any benefit to her but yeah it was a smart i think that was a good choice for tyson now was anybody surprised that tyson used some of his fire tokens because we like a lot of the players are saying we don't know what they're going to be used for yet we don't know what kind of collateral they're going to be you know they're going to have are we surprised that he used them so early on in the game and for something like peanut butter no well first of (laughs) all for me i feel like this is so tyson you know he's He's always been uh, smart at the game, but he's also been just a very funny person. And it's so like him to buy peanut butter. I think that as a viewer, you know, we're used to these contestants holding on to something like advantages for so long. And that's a lot of the time they get voted out with like idols in their pocket. But I love seeing someone use something. I love seeing, you know, we'll get to it, but I love seeing Denise use an idol. I love seeing... Tyson spend his fire token because he makes a good point in that if he doesn't get back at the game back in the game what good are all these advantages so he's being sneaky and just trying to give himself energy to perform to outperform everybody else yeah Tyson's very self-aware and uh you know he knows that he's good tv you know and he even said it's sneaky and hilarious which is just like me so yeah I was not surprised at all but I don't necessarily think it was a bad move I mean if he can actually, uh, you know, keep eating the peanut butter and keeping his energy up, like that may be a huge advantage uh, in the challenge of trying to get back to the game. I will say, though, peanut butter is a risky choice. This, here's a little uh, survivor uh, sneak peek behind the curtain. Yes, so give it to us. The contestants could, could smell the snacks that the cameraman had on them while they were like <laughs> starving, the cameramen were like eating popcorn, and then they come out for their shift. They, you know, get the cameras and they get going. The contestants were like, "Did you just have popcorn?" <laughs> but popcorn is such a distinct smell. Like, can you? But so smell is peanut, peanut butter. butter? Oh I my god! Smell peanut butter. Oh no! And he's gonna have it in his mustache and his beard. I, he's gotta like go for like a full ocean bath after every bite. I. uh I guess I wasn't surprised. Look, at the end of the day, we're going to find out what happens, right? It all comes down to the challenge to get back on the island. So if Tyson wins, then the peanut butter was a good idea. If he doesn't get on, then it was a terrible idea because while (laughs) it gives him some calories and energy, maybe, um, they're also not expending any energy when they're on edge of extinction, very, very little, right? Like once every couple days or whenever they have to go after uh, some hidden treasure. So to trade, you know, peanut butter instead of getting an advantage, especially when you know Natalie 
or you got to imagine that other people already have fire tokens because they've been there before you. Mm-hmm. Unless you think they've spent it and they're hiding it, like he's hiding the peanut butter, they're hoarding them for advantages. I mean, I wouldn't spend anything on anything until I had three to just get all the advantages. Who cares about peanut butter? I want to get back in the game. Those are my thoughts exactly, Mike. I'm glad you said that. I want to move on to the challenge um, because this is when we find, or everybody else finds out that Rob was voted out. One of the biggest reactions um, we've seen so far. Why do you think that it was such a big reaction? Did you, because as viewers, we obviously sit here and go, you know, Rob has to be voted out sooner rather than later. Sandra has to be voted out sooner rather than later. Do you think that they were surprised because they, this tribe wouldn't actually do it? Yeah, it's a big move, right? It's a big move. People are scared, especially early before the merge, to make big moves. Um, even, you know, we've seen uh, plenty of times just bringing up the mention of going against Rob uh, just puts a crazy mark on your back, crazy target. So it's a huge move. And I think they were really surprised to see him taken out. Some people had the guts to go for it. I don't yeah. think it's sadness or anything. So- I think it was amazement. Yeah. So the challenge in and of itself, pretty much the tribes have to swim to a boat, get three bags of rice, bring those bags of rice to shore, get three balls and use those inside of a maze, land them in the maze, and that's how it would win. Now, there was a twist this challenge. Um, Obviously, the reward, which is peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, but only one team will win immunity. Now, I thought that that was a pretty good twist. It kind of lights the fire under the other two tribes. What did you guys think about it? Did you think that it was maybe a little too early to start sending two tribes to, to tribal council? Or were you like, no, I'm all for it? I'm all for it. Agreed. <laughs> of course you are. <laughs> I collect bloodshed. Now, I, I want to raise the stakes. Steve really quick. Steve, have you played a version of this? Yes. This was a, I have past. done this challenge, this exact challenge, yes. In terms of, you know, physical labor, because these players did look exhausted throughout the challenge. Yes. Even getting the bag from the boat onto shore, they were already exhausted. Never mind the puzzle. Is it as physically exhausting as it looked? It is, and I will tell you why. All, all you people in the chat, if you're ever on Survivor, remember this. Keep the bags dry. Keep them out of the ocean. We did this challenge, and if you could keep it up above your head, put it on your shoulder, hold it on, you know, just keep it dry. Not only is it like 50 pounds lighter, but it come, it goes through the hole in that wall so much easier. I mean, it didn't matter because they all just dropped them right in the ocean. And even as I was watching it, I was like, keep them dry, keep them dry. And they went, oh, I was like, ah. Oh. <laughs> so yes, uh, that is the key to this challenge. Keep the bags dry. They're so much lighter. They go through the hole so much quicker. Um, yeah, it, 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 you could tell that they were just, just gassed by the end of it absolutely yeah they they definitely were exhausted and yara surprisingly the green tribe for those of you who are not keeping up with the names uh pulls it out thankfully to sophie who really pulled out that puzzle i mean they were coming from behind once again and sophie pulled it out for them in the the maze with the three balls i was actually really surprised i'm looking at sophie now and this is a challenge where Hi guys, that is Mike's wife. Hi. Oh, oh. The wine, of course. Um, <laughs> Look at this. Sophie is My quarantine really partner. 
hey, that everybody needs it. Everybody needs it. Trust me. Uh, Sophie is really making a name for herself. And, and challenge after challenge, she's really proving this. Is anybody else mad that they didn't pick Sophie for their fantasy draft? Because I am. No. Uh, Mike. No. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think all it's the people are players. For me, it's tough because like I can obviously there are players who went on the season feeling like they need to prove themselves because their win was not controversial, but not a lot of people were behind their win. And, you know, I like the fact that some of these players like Sophie and I'm going to say like, like Michelle are playing really smart games this season. And I think that's great. But I also see people who but everyone's playing a really great game. So that just kind of makes the people who I already liked a lot coming into this even higher for me. I think she's really good. I think um, she's not as big a threat as, uh, as a lot of other people, but I, you know, to the players credit, I didn't expect them to have kind of, let's say the cojones to take out Robin Sandra so quick. I thought Sophie would have been one of the ones to go quicker because of those power players. So, you know, I stand by my picks. I like my picks, but um, maybe she's uh, let's, I mean, how can you call winners underdogs, but maybe she's an underdog kind of creeping from the side and is going to do big things. I think Sophie is like uh, a secret challenge beast. I mean, she, she's kind of got the, uh, you know, she's got the glasses and she's sort of small and has this sort of like nerdy thing going on. She's very smart. So maybe that throws people off, but she's uh, been rocking it in the challenges. It's a good puzzles. I don't remember how she performs uh, with endurance challenges. I mean, we'll have to wait for the merge to find that out. Right. I mean, most of that happens during the merge. But from her season, but from her season, I don't remember. That's yeah, true, but I mean, it's been years, so, you know, maybe she's been going to do CrossFit like Natalie has, you never know. <laughs> good, she's good. So, DeCall and Sele are headed to Tribal Council, unfortunately, it's going to be two tribes. Let's start with the Sele tribe, because right off the bat, Harry thinks that she's the target, and I know, I want to get Veronica's thoughts, because Ron, this is one of Veronica's favorite players. <laughs> Did you think, at this point, Veronica, right when they get back, that that was a that was a that was a clearly placed target that was a well-placed target to do party would you have put it on anybody else no i think the moment they got back to camp it was very clear that poverty was the one to go home just because i think that nick wendell and yule were very solid they were a very solid alliance they like sticking with the fact that none of them have any relation i mean besides Yule, that they don't have as many relationships as all the other players that's kind of being the kryptonite for some of these gameplays I thought they were solid so from the very from as soon as they got back to camp yes however things started to change and I wasn't so sure if she was the one who was going to go home Mike what did you think well I I did think we would get something going with Wendell I'm a little disappointed in Wendell I think he's coming off as a real jerk especially to Michelle kind Mm -hmm. of for no reason uh, I don't know. I'm just kind of disappointed. To be, you know, to be fair, I wasn't a huge fan of him when he did play. I think he really rode coattails. Whatever. I just, I'm, I'm really kind of disappointed in how he's playing right now. I think Parvati made a lot of sense uh, in general. I think them teaming up and trying to get, you know, the girls trying to uh, pull um, uh, Nick over and trying to do something makes a lot of sense too. But Parvati, I think, makes a lot of sense. Uh, thinking more on it because they know she was really tight with Rob. 
And now that Rob is mm-hmm. gone, maybe people are feeling themselves a little bit more. It's okay to make these moves. Let's get the rest of the power players out. One thing that we're seeing um, right off the bat with these two tribes had, having to go to tribal council is these fire tokens and how much clout they actually have. We see Wendell talking to you know Poverty about, you know uh, if you give me two fire tokens, I'll give you an immunity. Now, do you think that that was a missed opportunity for Poverty? Because that went straight into the tribal. I mean, he's, his offer still stood with her and she was still like, mm, I don't really trust you and all this, this, that, and the third. Well, did you, would you have trusted Wendell? He wasn't offering immunity, right? He was offering a vote. So it's very different than what Denise got. She got Mm -hmm. something physical. So just from the way he was acting, uh, I didn't trust Wendell in general. Um, Sorry, did you ask would I take the bet or would I I take the deal? Yeah. Um, Yeah, sure. I mean, what he wasn't asking for the tokens up front, right? Or uh, the the do the one and one kind of thing. If you were smart enough, like Denise, why not? I mean, look, we often say this on the show in past seasons. Did Parvati get voted out? Yeah. So should she have changed what she had done? Probably. And <laughs> that's probably includes taking the deal and trying to make something with these fire tokens. I don't know. I for me personally, I thought that. Yeah, Parvati could have gone and gotten the fire tokens, but I'm shocked. Honestly, I am shocked that Wendell wasn't the one to go home just because, like I said at the beginning of the episode, he showed his cards. He basically made it seem, he basically expressed publicly at Tribal, oh, I was willing to flip on Nick and Yule and I'll put down any name you want, Parvati. So I was surprised that they were like, oh, I can't trust this guy and send him home. Also, Not that she should have gone home, but I'm surprised that there also wasn't a conversation about Michelle because she was also showing her game pretty well, too, in that, you know, she was she was managing her jury. She wanted to stay close to poverty, but she wanted to get her out. She wanted her fire tokens, but she wanted to keep her hands clean. There was not even a conversation about, oh, Michelle's playing this game really strategically. You know, I think I I think that. Parvati was sort of the uh, obvious choice. I think she's considered a bigger threat than Michelle. And it was like, these guys were really tight. I don't know that there was ever really a chance that Wendell was going to flip. But Parvati went down swinging and she blew up Wendell's game. The fact that he even like proposed that to her, the the missed opportunity that I think Parvati had is that she had an even bigger bargaining chip, an idle nullifier, which it never even came up and now it's just gone. And also yeah. I, I think that when you're um, in the minority, when you're on the bottom an idol nullifier doesn't really uh, bring you that much power. You know, you need an, an idol, not an idol nullifier. Uh, so I don't know why she ne- didn't never throw that into the mix. I mean, that would, could have definitely been uh, a pretty sweetheart deal. Yeah, good point. Well, while we're on the topic, let's just move straight into the first tribal council, which is for Sele. Obviously, we've said it. Everybody watched it. Poverty did go home. Steve, I actually agree with you. I did think that it was a missed opportunity for Poverty to go home with an idol. I mean, yes, with an idol nullifier in her pocket. I mean, maybe she could have used it as a bargaining chip. Maybe she could have, like, reached out to somebody on her tribe. Not that I don't know if anybody on her tribe has. No, no. Does anybody on her tribe have uh, an idol right now? no no right 
I mean, no. she could have given it to somebody. She could have like maybe used it there. I feel like she could have used it as a bargaining trip for something. I think it was a missed opportunity. Maybe she could, she didn't have to go home if she used all of her avenues, especially with Nick. Because it seemed like she got a reaction out of Nick when she said, hey, Wendell's willing to switch a boat for a couple fire tokens. That seemed to set something off in him. It seemed to give him a little realization like, whoa, maybe this guy's not as faithful. And by the way, I have this. It's yours if I stick around. Sure. And she should. Just the fact that she knew she was on the chopping block would lead you to think she needs to try anything she possibly can. Because yeah, yeah. not only did she know they had her name down, but she's on the wrong end of the numbers. She wasn't aggressive enough to say. Mike, we all completely agree with you. I think that was a that was spot on, exactly what you said. I want to get into Decal now. Um, unfortunately, poverty went home. She did leave her her token, her fire tokens to Michelle, which I thought was sweet. No surprise there. I mean, who else was she going to do on her tribe? Um, let's talk about Decal really quick because they head back uh, to their tribe uh, after the challenge. And Tony, oh, Tony, has got oh, his Tony. Oh, Tony. <laughs> and this is what I didn't like about him in his first season when he played. I just, it's just so, I don't, just tell me your thoughts, you guys. I can't. Well, here's the thing. Like, the thing that I found funny about this is that although Tony can be frustrating at points, he is really good TV. But the thing that was more impressive than Tony building once again another spy shack was the fact that Sandra and Kim were 100% <laughs> yes. onto him. Like, he was not getting away with that. Anybody else notice that as Tony plays Survivor every season, the spy shacks get worse? Like, it worked the first time. The second time it was discovered... The third time, everybody's like, oh, he's probably trying to do a spy shack somewhere, so let's watch where we talk. Like, it's, it's like, not working. He needs a spy, I don't know, up in the tree hang or something <laughs> like that. He's got to get something different because it's just not panning out anymore. So just when we thought that it was going to be an easy vote with, you know, Tony, Sandra, and Kim going after you, Jeremy and Denise, you know, Sandra kind of opens this up to Denise, and Denise sees an area of opportunity and saying, you know, Sandra wants to bargain with her fire tokens and saying, hey, I will give you an idol if you give me two fire tokens. And that's when Denise swoops in and kind of pulls off one of the best plays I think we've all ever seen in the game of Survivor. Disgusting. (laughs) (laughs) I was on the, I was watching it. I was screaming. I was like, oh, please vote Sandra out. This would be amazing. Yes. It's just, it's almost as I love Sandra and I find, I find her gameplay so fun, but I can't believe she was confident enough to really think that no, her name would not be written down. She's giving immunity to someone else. Like not only that. Okay. I said last week that Sandra is an impulsive player and this was the most impulsive thing. She pitched this to Denise and then Denise is like, uh, what? what? Like, in just shock that she's even offering her this. And then Denise has the nerve just just, just to just push it a little bit further to say, how about uh, I'll give you one now, and then if it's real, I'll give you one later. So a discount. <laughs> she had a discount. That was so smart on her. Right. I don't mean I nerve. I mean, I mean the, yeah, the cojones, I should say, uh, to, to just be like, 
you know, you've just been given this amazing opportunity and she played it so well. And Denise is definitely slow playing it. She's, so, she's just a very good listener. You know, she's there to like offer like some good advice, but she's not aggressive about it. She's just, she played that perfectly. Oh my God. I was well, just like, please. Let's talk about, great. let's just go straight into this tribal council because I feel like there was a running theme between both tribes. I mean, Michelle had it said to her to, about, to Nick said to Michelle, and then um, I can't remember who said it in this tribal, but pretty much a running theme was either it's either them or you. And I think in this season of winners, that's literally exactly what this season is about. It's either them or you. You're going to have to pull off these, these brutal backstabbing or backfront stabbing moves in order to further your game because this is a winner's game. I feel like that's what Survivor has generally evolved into, though. Uh, the recent seasons, when we see more of the voting block mentality, it really becomes, uh, you know, while obviously it is an everybody versus me game just in general, I think that's become cemented more and more and more. If you look back to, like, season one, it was very alliance-based. We're just going to be with the alliance. Now there's, like, very little allegiance to anybody <laughs> everybody's on sandra's as long as it isn't me kind of thing and uh yeah that, that comes along with how aggressive it's become that's hilarious that you say that mike because little uh survivor trivia they never used the word alliance in the first season they always called it a voting block which uh-huh. is hilarious that it's come full circle <laughs> 40 seasons later. <laughs> 40 seasons later. So we all saw what happened with this amazing tribal council. Denise played the idol that she got from Sandra for herself and then surprised everybody by playing her idol for Jeremy. Now, here's the thing. There were four votes for Denise, one for Sandra, obviously causing Sandra, the queen, to go home. But did anybody think that it was a waste of an idol that she didn't have to play her idol for Jeremy because he didn't even get any votes? And furthermore, he voted for her. Well, here's the thing. I would have done, it's sad because yeah, she didn't need it, but I would have done what she had done because she she needed to do what she could to protect herself. And I want to give a shout out to uh, Heath and Marissa in the chat. Heath is saying uh, she was making such an epic, oh, uh, she was making such an epic move. She didn't want any chance of it not working kind of in response to like, oh, but she wasted her idol. And it's like, yeah, like she wants this move to succeed. And honestly, if it was between Mary and Jeremy and you don't know exactly which way they're going. Right. I use, don't think it use what you have. Yeah. I don't think it was a wasted idol. I mean, number one, she knew that one of those idols wasn't going to be necessary because I mean, obviously you can't send two people home. So there was that, and she solidified what she had with Jeremy. Now, Jeremy turning on her, it's its an understandable position. I think Denise is smart enough to, even if it did rub her the wrong way, to just be like, oh, it's water under the bridge. Let's stick together. It completely destroyed, um, you know, it shows that Denise and Jeremy are tight, and now uh, Kim is, is, what, is she going to stick with Tony? No, that was a flimsy alliance to begin with. So I think they've now got Kim in their corner. Yeah, I mean, from a straight technical perspective, of course, it was a waste of an idol because she didn't need to use it, right? But, and to further, if it, you know, if those people watching us right now think that it was a mistake, the further evidence is, okay, if you're going to trust Sandra 
in the fact that she sold you an idol. You use it, right? Jeff says this is an idol. You could probably be relatively sure she was telling you the truth about everything else, right? Or else would Sandra waste an idol to just vote Jeremy out? They could just vote. They could just split the vote and for sure get one of them out. So to that extent, yes. But just like Steve said, cemented her place with Jeremy. I, I bet she doesn't care less that he voted for her. They probably talked beforehand and said, we're going to vote for each other anyway. So whatever happens, happens. And we know this. They might not know this. But Natalie's kicking butt on extinction. Decent chance that she comes back, links with Jeremy. And then you got Natalie, too, in your corner. So it Here's another worked out. Here's another point I want to point out. This is another beautiful play by Denise, but it was very subtle. So there was some question as to whether or not the idol was real. And so that's why she was like, well, if this is real, I'll give you one now, one later. So she could have gone up to Jeff and said, I'm going to play this one for me and this one for Jeremy. But then there's no survivor rule on this. She just sort of was like, she kind of played Jeff a little bit. She get here you go. She goes sit down. Jeff says, this is a real idol none for Denise will count. So, cause she's like, okay, that was a real idol. Now mm-hmm. I'm going to go play my other idol for Jeremy. It was beautiful. And she mm-hmm. just worked that situation. And it, you never see, you never see that kind of stuff. That was, that was very, those are very valid and fair points. You guys, I'm glad that you brought up all of those points. That is our review of season 40, episode six of Survivor Winners at War, you guys. We're going to move on to our special segment. Our first special segment is our MVP segment, which is our MVP player of the episode. Now, Veronica, I'm going to shoot over to you first. Who is your MVP of the episode? Milo and I say Denise. Oh, yay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. We all have to vote with our dogs? Oh, yes. Any more Steve, who are you voting for? Yes. Me and Augie say, Denise, come on. All day, Denise. <laughs> uh, Mike, who are you and Bam Bam saying? Bam Bam definitely says Denise. I mean, this is a no-brainer. She dominated this episode. Yes. Uh, me and Lexi are going to have to say Denise as well. Denise definitely made a place for herself in the Survivor Hall of Fame because that play was epic. Now, in terms of Survivor Fantasy Draft, you guys, um, I am down to Sarah, Wendell, Michelle, and Adam. I didn't lose anybody this, this episode. Fingers crossed. Veronica, you unfortunately lost poverty, leaving you with Yule, Denise, and hey. Jeremy. She only and yes, Yule. Give the rest of her team to Steve. She just <laughs> wants school. It doesn't matter. That's I love, I'm on the I love bench. my team. But yeah. Mike, you, unfortunately, are down to two people. You are down to Tony, Ben, Nick, and Kim. So those are our fantasy drafts, you guys. Let us, everybody in the chat, know who was on your fantasy draft. Who, out of the three of us, unfortunately, Steve was late to the game, so he doesn't have his, fan, his place in the fantasy draft. But let us know, out of the three of us, who you think has the strongest fantasy draft. Wait, hold on. Can I just... Yes, Veronica. I just want to say in the chat, um, pretty much everyone is overwhelmingly saying Denise. <laughs> But I love this comment from Michael B. who says, hashtag the dogs have spoken. Yes, they have. <laughs> Clearly, everybody in Los Angeles is a dog lover. So this is why we got our dogs. Um, that is our review. Everybody, please, please stay safe during this coronavirus outbreak. Uh, stay home, wash your hands. Uh, and like I said, just please stay safe. Veronica, where can the fans find you? Hey, everyone. You can find me, Veronica Valencia, on Twitter and Instagram. And it's me, Veronica underscore V. Mike, where can the fans find you? No, no, who to go next? <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad to be back, guys. I missed you all. 
Uh, you can follow Bam Bam and I at Mike Feeling. Steve! Hey, <laughs> you can find me at Stevie G on TV. Everybody in the chat, thank you so much for braving through this entire epidemic with us. We are so grateful to have fans like you. We're going to continue to do the show for as long as we can um, from home. And then once we're in the studio, you guys will know. Trust me. Um, I am Timothy Mike. But you guys can find me everywhere at I am Timothy Mike. We will see you guys next Thursday at 7 p.m. We're not going to miss it. Neither should you. Bye, guys. Bye. Our founder, Kevin yeah. Undergaro, hey, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principal.